Welcome to the Niches You. My name is Matt Gottesman at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, and this is my daily podcast where I create short, quick hitting episodes to help you uncomplicate life, creativity, and the pursuit of your highest self. There's only main character energy here. Now let's get into it. Welcome to episode 173. Instead of why me, ask what's next. And this comes from an excerpt from that book, The Artist's Way, which I've mentioned several times. And yes, I, I, it is in my recommended book list in the link in the show notes. So you'll find it within there. And there's, there's two different um, versions of it. And so I'm going to read a couple of excerpts from this book. So I'm going to do a little bit of reading to you guys today, but I'm going to take small breaks. But there's three main areas. One was she, she talked about gain disguised as loss. And I think that that's so important because it's all about framing your perspective. And now, obviously, in the book, The Artist Way, Julie Cameron, she's even though she's addressing each of us as an artist, which I firmly believe all of us are the artists of our life and all of us can bring our artistic approach to anything we do. So again, I have to remind everybody listening, this does not just mean art, art, or art for the sake of the definition of art, but art for the sake of um, bringing your creativity and your um, you know, frame uh, and perspective to anything that you do, right? So I love that she talks about gain disguises loss uh, because this is a really important section, uh, specifically because of um, what we all go through when we feel uh, rejected for putting ourselves out there and trying things and, and moving in the direction of our, of our dreams or our goals or our wishes or all these things. And then, uh, so I'm going to read you a section from there. And then we're going to talk about on trying the, the conventional way and why uh, when everybody always says, well, you know, this is just the way you, you'll have to experience. This is just this. This is what you have to go through. And, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you know, you'll work your way up or maybe you'll you, this will happen to you. And it's like, no, this is where you have to create your own luck. You have to create your own uh, availability for the opportunities to present themselves. And this is where I believe uh, where our intuition and creativity and action oriented selves meets our soul and God. Because we have a, a lot of things waiting for us, but we have to be out there making them happen. So there's this kind of duality, dual relationship. And then the third part we'll, we'll talk about is the asking what's next, taking matters into your own hands, which I just basically <laughs> went over part of it. And like what happened with her again, I'm going to be reading excerpts and then a final takeaway. So I'm excited to, to uh, read these excerpts because it, it it's... It really resonated with me on um, just how we have this relationship with ourselves when things don't seem like they're working for us. Now, this could be in your life, but this could also be for a goal or for something that you're, you know, you're you're trying to achieve. And I want to I want to paint it for that because. I want each of you to be thinking about something that you're working on for yourself. And I talked about that in a previous episode, right? Like we should all have something that we're working on for ourselves. Anything, it brings clarity, direction, it brings honesty, it brings humility, it brings uh, um, focus, it brings a lot of different things. Having at least something that you were working on. So she says, uh, to start this, this section, Gain Disguises Loss, she says, every loss must always be viewed as a potential gain. It's all in the framing. Every end is a beginning. We know that, but we tend to forget it as we move through grief. 
Struck by a loss, we focus understandably on what we leave behind. By the way, I, I, I removed a couple of pieces just to make this a little bit um, less. Otherwise, I'd be reading you pages and pages. But uh, we need to focus on what lies ahead. This can be tricky. We may not know what lies ahead. And if the present hurts this badly, we tend to view the future as impending pain. Gain, disguised as loss, is a potent artist's tool. To acquire, simply brutally ask, how can this loss serve me? Where does it point my work? The answers will surprise you and liberate you. The trick is to metabolize pain as energy. The key to doing that is to know, to trust, and to act as if a silver lining exists if you are only willing to look at the work differently or to walk through a different door in one that you may have balked at. So I, I love this part because we have to get over the losses. You can you can certainly grieve them momentarily, but you, you can't take it personally. And I get it. It's very easy to take personally. But it's also a signal. And I love that she, she framed it as, how can this serve me? How can this law serve me? Where does it point my work? You need contrast. You need things to constantly keep you making something better and better. Anything in your life, whether it's yourself or a project or anything that you're doing, you need contrast. I'm not saying that you want the rough shit to happen. I mean, of course not. Nobody really wants it to happen. But the idea is to be a little bit more neutral about it. So when something happens that isn't uh, some you know, doesn't experience well, if you will, can you look at it and say, okay, you know, this is a quote unquote loss. Has it served me? What would I do differently? Where would I go differently? Um, what are my you know what ch changes do I need to make? We need something that keeps us present. That's why when I see people repeat patterns, and we can all repeat patterns, um, I just that the moment I do something, especially more than once, I immediately start to think, okay, what do I need to do differently? But I train myself to do that. We all need to do that. When I see people repeating the same patterns over and over again, I'm like, well, you kind of keep getting the same outcomes. I go, yeah, and I'm like, you're the common denominator. What would you change? So we need something that constantly helps us facilitate the question, what would I do differently? Where would, and in this case, where does it also point my work? What did I miss? What can I do differently? And then she find, and then to, to end this section, she says, in order to catch the ball, you have to want to catch the ball. The film director, John Cassavetes, once told the young director, hearing this, I took it to mean, stop complaining about the lousy curves you get thrown and stretch. Reach for what you really want. I have tried to follow this advice. So um, I love this because... Again, the framing of stop complaining about the lousy curves you get thrown in stretch. Reach for what you really want. I have gotten so much better at my own art over and over and over again, countless times because of either not being invited to the table or, you know, something standing in my way or, uh, you know, just general politics and, you know, whether it was in, you know, a social setting or in a professional setting or whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. You know, uh, I, I had moments where, you know, or I got rejected or, you know, and then a lot of a great, a great analogy. Maybe some of you feel like the, the algorithm is not favoring you with the building of your work online. I have, uh, <laughs> 
been challenged many a times by the the algorithm and you have to just kind of keep showing up consistently in fact that's really the key is it's i think it teaches us to be consistent uh if you can just be more about the art and not about it you know constantly throwing you curveballs and not showing your work to enough people it takes one it takes one to go viral just one and even then you shouldn't really be playing for the viral effect as much as the consistency getting getting the bats you know getting up to bat every single time it builds resilience right so you want in order to catch the ball you have to want to catch the ball you're going to have to want to go further into your work and it's very different and i'll tell you it's very different when you're doing it for other people versus for yourself the frustration gets subsided pretty fast if you can keep moving because you're like all right let me try something else. Let me try something else. Now, you want to try something else without losing your authenticity. So I've adapted, here's a great technique, especially in social media. I've adapted watching how consumption behaviors are happening for content. And so I'm not going to change the context of what I want to talk about per se, but I can deliver it and package it differently in the way that is being highly consumed right now. And what that's done is that's actually helped me rethink creativity for my own work. And I'm so grateful. You know, I started making these short video reels. Um, and it's interesting because I wasn't doing that for many years at all. And I'm now having a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, a few went viral. So, um, but I didn't, I, you know, look, if any of you dance on TikTok, that's fine. But the, the, the key is to say that I'm not going to dance on TikTok. What I mean by that is I'm not following a trend. I'm following a mechanism, a, a mechanism that's a trend, a, a, a strategy that's a trend in the way videos or content can be done and then applying what I want to talk about to it. So I stretched, you know, there's curveballs with the algorithm. Fine. Then I'll stretch a little bit. Let me stretch. I want to catch the ball. Okay. So like, let me figure out some cool new methodologies in accordance with the way consumer behavior is happening. Right. Okay. So then it goes on. She goes on to say, and this is under a section I want to title on trying the conventional way for years. I played studio roulette repeatedly. Original scripts were bought and not made repeatedly. Fine work languished on studio shelves. The victim of revolving studio doors. Go pictures became dead overnight, except in my filmmaker's heart, which was breaking. That's just the way it is. I was told repeatedly. If you want to see your film was made, you must first sell yourself as a writer. And then if one of your scripts is made and if that film is a hit and if the climate warms up a little bit, then you might get a shot at directing. You already know my opinion on this. Screw that. And this is what Julia Cameron went through all those years ago. You know, she was a, uh, a famous screenwriter. Um, and at one point married to Martin Scorsese for like a, I guess a year or so, but I'm going to get into what happened. She said, I listened to this conventional wisdom for a long time, racking up loss after loss, writing script after script. Finally, after one loss too many, I began to look for the other door, the one I had refused to walk through. I decided to catch the ball. I became an independent filmmaker. Let me first also point out that she was also trying to play the conventional wisdom, which is really uh, it has a lot of gatekeepers and a lot of um, uh, politics involved. Now, she was also playing in a different era. I, I tell everybody, go be your own now. 
because we don't need the gatekeepers anymore. You certainly don't need the gatekeepers anymore because you can make really cool, dope stuff, create an audience, and voila, like they can watch you put on roofing or do plumbing or do your writing or do your breakdown of fashion. I don't know, whatever. So, um, but she was still, she's still right. She was right then, and it's, it's definitely right now for all of you who sometimes when I see people trying to, you know, break into a certain industry, I'm like, I wouldn't do it that way, you know, because you're, you're trying to get their approval. That's how the old legacy system was made. You don't need to do that anymore. So something to think about now asking what's next, which is exactly what she did. Taking matters into your own hands. I left Hollywood. I went to Chicago, bought a used camera and using my Miami vice writing money. That's right. She wrote Miami vice shot my own feature, a romantic 40 style comedy. It was in the can for $31,000 and it looked good. Then incredibly, my sound tapes were stolen. I finished the film anyway, dubbing it in its entirety. Yes, crazy, but so was my role model. The result won foreign distribution and fine reviews abroad, and I learned a lot. So she didn't stop. She did her on her own. She bet on herself. She invested her own money. Because she, the talent was always there. See, this is the thing is that when you're, when you're talented and you're trying to uh, play to the gatekeepers, you're asking them to, to basically verify and validate your taste. No, don't do that. I don't want my taste validated. I know I have taste. I know I have taste. It's the same reason that people ask me all the time, like, hey, like, who does this and who does that with your brand? I'm like, me. Who designed this and who designed that? I'm like, me. Who made your website and who did this? Me. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, and then she said, because I asked how instead of why me, I now have a modest first feature to my credit. It might have happened if I had not taken matters in my own hands, but it might not have either. Since 1974, I have worked vigorously and exhaustively as a film writer. I've written and sold features, short films, documentaries, docudramas, teleplays, movies of the week, and that bastardized movie, the miniseries. <laughs> I've directed one feature and a half a dozen short films. Less visibly, I have labored as a script doctor, credited and not for hire and for love. To boot, I have written 100 plus film essays, film interviews, think pieces, trend pieces, aesthetic pieces, more all as I to toiled as a writer for such diverse publications as Rolling Stone, The New York Times, The Village Voice, New York New, New West, The Los Angeles Times, The Chicago Tribune, and most conspicuously, American Film, where I served as a contributing editor for many years. In short, you might say I have done my dharma to my, to my favorite art form. Why all this diverse, hydra-headed productivity? Because I love movies, I love making them, and I did not want my losses to take me down. I learned when hit by loss to ask the right question, what's next, instead of why me? And I, I got the chills when I was reading that part, and I understand her very, very clearly. You know, it's interesting. Um, there have been moments where I was a little hard on myself this year in creating, you know, uh, I've been spending this year with you guys. We're we're over. We're just over one year with this podcast, and really, I've been spending the last sixteen, seventeen months creating more uh, for the sense of of creating for what I want to talk about, what I want to podcast about, what I want to write about, what I want to uh, shoot video on. I, I made me the client, and I had consulted and built so many people's brands and businesses for so many years and it's interesting um 
I think, I mean, I know there's a lot of reasons why I did it, but I can say that what happened once you realize like, wow, okay, the niche is you <laughs> and you really want to do things your way and present them to the world and show that level of, of your, your taste. Now, many of you have been watching my stuff online for a long time, so I get it. But what you didn't necessarily know was that I was always either having an agency or consultancy or working on, you know, all these different things. And I wanted to fundamentally apply everything that I was doing for so many other businesses. And for any of my private clients listening, you guys, I still love you. You're still around. I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> so, but I wanted to take what I was doing for other businesses and to take the skill sets. And I wanted to be like, you know what? I don't need anybody to approve or validate me. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And with all of you guys, and I did, and I am, I did 170 episodes in one year. I did like 40 or so, uh, newsletter articles. That's coming back by the way, in case anybody, cause I've been at being asked here and there, I created, uh, a short form course. I, tr I created a master course. I have my apparel coming out. I grew by like 20,000 on, on Instagram. My email list has doubled my podcast, like, you know, hit almost a hundred thousand downloads all within a year. Like I get her when she started running. Cause she was like, I love this stuff. And I want to like all the mediums that bring out what I want to do. And obviously there's a lot more deep rooted. There's, there's other stuff in it. It's not just about the art. It's also about the business. It's all about the spirituality. It's also about, you know, um, connecting with all of you globally. So, but that's for a longer conversation later. I, uh, but I, I loved, um, I just, I love when she said, because I love movies, I love making them. And I did not want my losses to take me down. She had to keep moving. She had to keep herself in the game and not play the politics with the people who are so good at reminding you of the losses. Y you have to shy away from the people who are so good at reminding you of the losses. And that's why. When I look at musicians, when I look at artists and, you know, oh, this gallery didn't accept me or this, this festival didn't accept me or the music, first of all, the music industry, don't even get me started. And nowadays you should have your own audience and just make it your own way and not rely on them to tell you what's tasteful. And they, they're, they, I'm not even going to get into it. You all know, everybody knows by now. So, you know, and there's so many other industries too. You cannot play a game, your game, your talents, your skill sets, expecting others to have to validate you in order to, to progress in it. No, you can validate yourself and the validation will come from you building an audience or to the, your body of work. That's the new time that we live in. And no matter what age you are that listening to this, especially to my, my older uh, folks that are listening to this, times have changed and the legacy systems have really just done a number and they just don't work the same way. So, and then the final takeaway I wanted to bring up, she says the rough translation, very important for artists. I say for all of you, don't let the bastards get you down. Artists who take this to heart survive uh, and often prevail. The key here is action. Pain that is not used profitably quickly solidifies into a leaden heart, which makes any action difficult. She's right. You, you cannot sit in the pain and the rejection. 
You have to say, okay, would I learn? You may not think so, but over here. Now, this also, this is again, like, I don't want anybody that's like delusional. It's like, no, I, I meant to flap my arms and fly or something like that. Like, I'm not talking about like delusion. I'm talking about just like something that's really your calling. It's in your heart. You you know, you've got a shot. You There's deep down inside, you know, you know, you're good, but you're getting too many gatekeepers telling you otherwise. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure it out without them. And you want to. You don't want their approval. She says, when faced with a loss, immediately take one small action to support your artist. Even if all you are doing is buying a bunch of tulips and a sketch pad, your action says, I acknowledge you and your pain. I promise you a future worth living. So she says, the moment you have a loss, immediately you can you can mourn it for a moment. But then immediately get into an action to say, I'll take this into my own hands. I'll see what I can do. Let me see how I can make this better. Let me see where else I can go with it. Let me keep working, keep trying. That's why and for any of you with, on the social front, any of the creators listening to this using social, you cannot let an algorithm get you down. Show up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and just keep going. That is the key. Just keep going. I promise you it works out. I promise you that's trusting in your path and trusting in God and trusting in your intuition, trusting in your soul, but just keep going. So instead of asking why me, ask what's next. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in each and every single episode. You guys, it means a lot. Um, we're growing. I'm growing. I appreciate it so much. Please, guys, um, as we end the, the year here, if you can uh, leave a written review on Apple, I appreciate the five stars, but they don't show it to me unless you write the written review. And then also, if you can leave a five star review on Spotify, that would be incredible. And uh, check the show notes in the show notes. You have the Clarity Workshop still there. It will always be there. You have the recommended book list, Julia Cameron, the art, the artist way that is on the recommended book list. Um, in there, please feel free to check out the recommended book list. And then my master class is in there as well on um, organizing you and your creativity and uh, helping you also bring out your voice and, and scale it to the world and do all the things. I'm being very light about it now. I'll eventually do a whole episode on it, um, but I call it Creator Studio um, because it's making you a creator around all the niche of the things that, you know, resonate with you, but then how do you package it? And then how do you also grow it um, using automation, using software? I actually make it very simple for you. <laughs> um, and it took me many hours to put together, but it was something helpful since I used to do a lot of this stuff with my agency. I figured, you know what, might as well now just show people exactly what to do so they can do it themselves. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. As always, until next episode, I'm out. All right, that's it. We'll stop there for right now. I hope you found this helpful and applicable in some way. I want you to remember, you do not need to fit in, and you certainly do not need to fit into some category or title nor be put into some box. The niche is you. It always has been. Please share this with a friend and be sure to leave a rating and review. Your feedback means everything to me. And also, thank you for listening and supporting me. If you're new and you want to receive these the moment they come out, please text me 480-530-7352. Text me podcast. I promise to only send you the good stuff. Thank you. And until next time, I'm out.